Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 200. Okay, Gold Diggers, this episode is a game changer for any ambitious lady out there that wants both career success and personal success. Today, we are having a beautiful business boss and mother on the show to tell us about how she balances all the things and how to stay creative and inspired when your passion becomes your work. Taylor Sterling, founder and creative director of the lifestyle brand Glitter Guide, has always had a penchant for all things fashion, beauty, and art. She's a Bay Area, California native and a mother of two. While working a day job as a financial advisor recruiter, Taylor was laid off and that was when she decided to take a leap and launch Glitter Guide. Armed with a dream to inspire women daily and to help them shine from the inside out, Glitter Guide was formed in 2011. Over the past six years, Glitter Guide has become a go-to resource for women all over the world for its original content, home tours, product reviews, and inspiring interviews. With Taylor at the helm, Glitter Guide has worked with dozens of brands, including Nordstrom, Pottery Barn, Target, Coffee Mate, and so much more. Throughout Glitter Guide's growth, Taylor has become a sought-after partner for product development, including home decor with Lulu and Georgia and a custom photo filter pack with a color story. In this episode, she will teach us that you can find success in busy days. And in this episode, you will learn how to juggle all of your projects. Taylor's daily workflow that guarantees productivity, staying inspired and creative during the stressful times, and making your passion into profit. And the true secret to balancing all of the chaos of life. You can't miss this. Before we dive on in, today's review comes from Hala. It's titled My First Podcast podcast review. If you're a woman, this podcast is for you. It doesn't matter if you're single, taken, kids, no kids, entrepreneurs, or stay-at-home moms. I find myself listening every single day, and every time I learn something new and feel motivated. I find myself digging back to old episodes because I've listened to all of the new ones. Thank you so much, Hala, for that review. I just want to say Hala back. <laughs> and if you haven't left a review yet, 
now's the time. Okay. I know so many of you are like, Jenna, Jenna, I will get around to it. Stop talking about it every day. But maybe today can be the day that you leave a review for the show that you love. Now, without further ado, let's dive on into today's show with the amazing Taylor Sterling. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Major shout out to Skillshare, the platform where you can take a course in just about anything. Take this opportunity to get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. To sign up, head to Skillshare.com slash gold digger. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash gold digger to get two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. How sweet is that? Today's episode is powered by Capella University. Capella University's award-winning learning format, FlexPath, allows you to run your business, live your life, and earn your degree. Schedule your courses, set your own deadlines, and with FlexPath's subscription model, the faster you move, the more money you save. Try FlexPath firsthand with Capella's free trial course at capella.edu slash Jenna. All right. Okay. Welcome to the show, Taylor. I'm so happy that you are with me today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Well, let's just start at the very beginning. I followed you for a long time. So I feel like I know like all the things. And you know, when people say that, it's kind of freaky, but you're like, yeah, yeah. "Yeah, that's why I share what I share. (laughs) But for those who don't know who you are, like, what has your journey looked like? What has your personal and career life kind of evolved from? And what do you do nowadays? So give us the scoop on Taylor Sterling. (laughs) Do you have all day? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) No, let's see. Let me kind of go back to, let's start like at college and kind of give you a picture of like where I've been for the last like, oh my gosh, I don't know, the last 15 years or so. So I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and I got a degree in communications, which was amazing, but also kind of scary. It's one of those majors when you graduate and you're like, I can do everything and I can do nothing. Like, what am I going to do with this degree? But in college, I had interned at Women's Wear Daily in Los Angeles. And that was like my dream internship. Like I had growing up, I have always been into like fashion and pop culture. And to work for a magazine was something that I really aspired to. So to get an opportunity to be an intern at Women's Wear Daily was just like incredible. And so my parents are so sweet. And they like, I moved out to LA for the summer. They they put me up to rent out this little dining room that had been converted into a bedroom near UCLA. And I was not getting paid for my internship, but it was one of the most exciting times of my life. And so that kind of showed me that I really loved working in magazines and with fashion. But when I graduated from college, it was 2005. And it just the landscape of how things are now. I mean, it was nothing like that. And so when I graduated, I just didn't know what I was going to do. I don't I'm from the Bay Area, like Silicon Valley. And 
in 2005, there was no real fashion jobs up there. Like the only two things you could even think of were, let's see, working corporate for Levi's and Gap, which are amazing, but I didn't actually live in San Francisco. So those weren't really two options for me. So once, you know, I was done with school, I just fell into a variety of different jobs trying to figure out like what was I going to be good at. And I did recruiting for retail. I did marketing for a physical therapist, which if you're wondering what that is, I still don't really know. <laughs> um, then I fell into this job. This is the job that I had before I started doing everything that I do now. I got an opportunity to be the director of recruiting for a boutique financial services firm, which, you know, whenever I tell people that they're always very surprised. And I was in the same boat. I never thought I was going to work anything that was like at all corporate. I didn't think finance was not something that I was interested in at all. The reason that I took the job was because it was a boutique firm. So it was, it was corporate, but it was also very entrepreneurial. They, if I was a salaried position, but they treated my role very much like I was one of the financial advisors. So I kind of got to create my own schedule. If I was hitting my numbers, they gave me a lot of flexibility. I had like my own little office. It just felt like a good job to take to learn if I could work in that type of world. And I was there for almost three years. I loved a lot of it. The, the financial services part, I did not love. And so kind of midway through that career, I was, I don't know, fumbling up on the internet, which, you know, you probably shouldn't do when you're working at your other job, but I was bored. <laughs> and I stumbled across back then there was this, I think it still exists, but there was a thing called Polyvore. I don't know if you. Yeah, I've heard of yeah, it. Yeah. So I stumbled across Polyvore and I became really, really obsessed with it. And it was like, you create, I created a lot of like art collages on there. Some people did more like fashion collages, but I was super into like making the collage art on there. And through that, it, it takes you, these links on Polyvore will take you to where the, you know, where the material is from. And I stumbled across a, a blog. So this was probably the end of 2008. And then immediately when I came across a blog, I was like, what is this? This is amazing. It was this blog that I found happened to be based in San Francisco. And it was a little bit more of like an editorial type of blog. It wasn't like a fashion blog. But for me, it was like mind blowing. I, I remember I called my parents immediately. I told them about what I had just found and that I was going home and making one that night, which I did. <laughs> so I went home and I created Sterling Style, which is my old blog. And I started working on that mainly as just a place for inspiration. I just wanted to share all the things that I loved with probably at that time, you know, nobody, but I thought it was so cool. And so it kind of was a mix of what I thought was cool. And then slowly as time progressed, I became more immersed in like blogging world. And that was sort of the rise of the style blogger. I think like maybe 2009, it was really big. I don't know if you kind of remember that, but there were a lot of like lookbook sites and people were really starting to experiment with style blogging. So I thought I want to try that too. So I started doing that and that became a really big part of that blog. And I was doing this all while I was still working at my recruiting job. And I think it was around, I think like two, maybe a year and a half to two years into doing my blog, which isn't really that much time. I was having like mild success with it and really, really enjoying it. I wanted to find a way to make it my career, but I had zero idea how to do that. And I've never been in a position where I could just 
quit working and do what I love. I've always had to support, you know, at the time I was living with my boyfriend, who's now my husband. And like, we just had to pay rent. I couldn't just quit. So I needed to find a way to turn this passion of mine into a career. And for me, now I'm not saying that I'm old, but I was older. <laughs> I was older than a lot of the other women that I was meeting. Same age or older than a lot of the other women I was meeting who were in the blogging world at the time, especially for style bloggers. I was just older. And I could see that like we were going to get married soon. We were going to probably have kids a few years after that. And I just couldn't see... I was always slightly uncomfortable with being in front of the camera, which sounds funny, but I was sort of uncomfortable with having to always compete with outfits. My husband didn't, he's not an Instagram husband. He was, he was supportive, but he didn't love coming home from work and like having to rush out and try to take my picture. And so it was kind of stressful. So I thought this is not going to be something that's going to take me years and years down the road. It's not going to be sustainable for me. So I was obsessed with sites like, who, what, where, who is very different now than they were back then. I mean, this, they were only a few, couple years old at this time. And then sites like Daily Candy and Splendora, like I thought those, I mean, it's sad that two of those sites are no longer here, but they were like a huge inspiration for me. And I decided, you know, I really want to start something that's like my blog, but is more for the reader, less all about me and what I'm doing and more about the reader and more like a magazine, but still had a very much like approachable blog feeling, which some of a lot of those blogs that I was looking to for inspiration were a little more editorial. So I wanted to be editorial, but be more down to earth and have this mix, which there wasn't a lot of that out at that time. So this is like 2010. And I couldn't figure out how to launch. This is how like the Inception of Glitter Guide came about. It was I couldn't figure out how I was going to launch something like that and keep my Sterling Style blog going and work full time. I just was really, really confused on how I was going to manage that. And I was doing a lot of juggling. I was putting all the pieces together for Glitter Guide and just like feeling super stressed out. And it probably affected my job. I mean, to be fair, it was like I was, my head was in so many places. And I ended up getting laid off from my full time job at the firm. And I was, I mean, even though I was like plotting how I was going to quit, it was one of the hardest moments for me. I had never, I'm like, I'm a, pretty driven person. I work really hard at all the things that I do. And I was trying to manage it all and I just couldn't. And it was a shock. I remember having to try to hold back tears in the office with my boss who was so gracious. I mean, they did me the biggest favor looking back. It only took me about a day or two to feel sad. And then I put things into perspective and was like, they're giving me, you know, they're giving me a severance. They're giving me I can have unemployment. And that was really the catalyst for how I was able to even do anything because I was able to file for unemployment and I just was, I could get by. I mean, it wasn't great, but I could get by while I was sort of getting Glitter Guide off its feet and getting it going. And so that's kind of what happened. I, it took me probably after I got laid off, I think I got laid off in November of 2010. And then we launched Glitter Guide in June of 2011. So I had already been working on it, but it took me a couple months to really get it going. But that's kind of the background in a nutshell. (laughs) I love that. There are so many parallels to our stories. Like I was a comm major as well. Yes. And I totally was working on my side hustle while at my corporate job. So I was like laminating like Pinterest photos to help inspire me for photography, hoping that nobody at Target would see what I was doing. Like it is just, 
so amazing. When you have this vision and this idea and you're hungry for it, it makes you realize like, what am I doing with my life? What was it like transitioning from having a boss and, you know, knowing kind of where you're at and having a title in this office to being on your own? Because it wasn't easy for me. It definitely wasn't easy for me either. I think the one thing that helped I'd say it wasn't a ton, but the one thing that kind of helped that, like I said, this firm, they really, like I was talking to and, you know, interviewing these really ambitious entrepreneurial people like every day. And I knew the script for like what it took to be an entrepreneur. Right. But I had never considered ever being an entrepreneur. That's like never been in, it was never in my mind. And even when I launched Sterling Style, it was not in my mind. But I kind of knew the characteristics and the, the tools you needed to be one. So that helped because I kind of had that was sort of ingrained in my mind from talking to so many people. And then also because they set my career up there to be very, I was on my own. I mean, they had meetings with me constantly, but I had my own office and I was pretty much at my own to get things done. And so I was really getting better at figuring out how to manage my time and meet numbers. And so that did prepare me a little, (laughs) but nothing really prepares you, I think, until you're just thrown into it. And we were just talking, I'm, like I said, I was in, I'm in LA right now and I'm meeting with so many amazing creative women. And a lot of us are just talking about if you started years, like 10 years ago, like a lot of us did, there was no, like, like what you're doing right now and helping, you know, these women entrepreneurs and the, the tools you're giving people is amazing. And I mean, if I had had that back 10 years ago, it, it's never going to be easy, but it would have been so nice to have. I remember just Googling, like, like, how did who, what, where start a website? Like, what did they do? Of course, there was nothing out there because there was no podcast. There were no, like, create, cultivate. There were no websites talking about anything. So I was just, like, searching and hoping I could find, like, one or two th- bits of advice that were going to help me. But really, you just kind of like, I mean, like everything you learn by doing, you learn what, you know, you're going to be good at and bad at. And I have, I mean, I've had some really struggling years trying to figure out how to be a, an entrepreneur and then how to be a boss and nothing's going to teach you as, you know, like you just doing it. So <laughs> Absolutely. I think about that all the time. And I think it was so isolating, really. It's like uncharted territory. And one thing I'm curious about is like, what did your family think when you explained your vision? Because back then, like blogging was this obscure idea. And if you didn't follow blogs, you literally had no idea what it meant. There are still people in my family who don't understand what I do. They're like, uh, they try to explain it. It's really funny to watch. But what helped for my family and the people who were close to me was I did have the personal blog for a couple of years before I launched Glitter Guide. So, and because I was doing it while working, it wasn't as scary for people, you know, my family, like they kind of got what I was doing. So it helped a little bit. I do remember when I first said to my parents that I think I want to quit my career and I want to do this full time. And they were like, no, you know, like you can't do that. And my parents are extremely supportive and, and both really, really creative, but they both have had just, you know, like a lot of, I think a lot of people like our generation, our parents did everything like that on the side, you know what I mean? And so they didn't quite understand how I was going to do it and they were afraid. But I think because I had been having some mild success in doing things with my old blog, they were a little bit more comfortable with it than if I had just been like, I'm quitting this and I'm starting this new thing, you know? So it helped a little bit. 
I love that. So one thing I love about following you, Taylor, is like you have so many projects and I I feel the same way. There's like a million things happening all at once. So can you share a little bit about balancing that creative side that you have and then that entrepreneurial side that might not come so easily to you? Yeah, you know, thinking about this, like, I actually think that the creative side and the entrepreneurial side for me, they kind of go hand in hand a little bit. I think I I love coming up with new ideas and but I really love turning those ideas into like tangible business ideas or things that we can really create something whether it's editorial or a product. I it kind of goes hand in hand. Like I feel like I'm very entrepreneurial and driven with my creative side. I think this the juggle for me is more like the you know, like with a lot of people, it's like the personal care, the self care that comes with being very driven and entrepreneurial and creative. There's just not enough time to tick all the boxes. And so I really like I I'll dive into that side of like, okay, I have all these creative ideas, and I'm gonna like, turn these into business ideas. And I'm working on all of them constantly. And then I forget like, you know, I need to shower and I need to take care of myself. I, need, I haven't been outside for the entire day. Like I'm constantly going outside in like a sweatshirt because I have air conditioning. People are like, it's 95 yes. degrees out. What are you doing? I'm like, oh, sorry. I've been in my office all day. <laughs> so, Oh my gosh, I can relate. Yeah. For me, like the business side of the entrepreneurial thing is tricky for me. It's something that I have found ways to, to work out for myself, I think mostly in the last two years. But like just the part about being driven with creativity. For me, those two things kind of go hand in hand. I love that. So you are a mom. I am expecting. (laughs) So I need all the advice in the world. But what was it kind of like when you have this creative career and then you're becoming a mother? Like what kind of transformation did you go through and how did you navigate that? (laughs) Oh, man. I feel like, I mean, you'll probably hear it from every like, mom who's also trying to run like a creative business or any business is it's a struggle. It's such a struggle with the first, when I had my daughter, when I was pregnant. And then when I first had my daughter, it was, you just, you can try to prepare as much as you can and you can read everything and talk to everyone, but nothing will really prepare you for how amazing and also challenging it will be when it, when it happens. And with my daughter, I think the biggest thing I struggled with was I didn't know how to balance all the timing. I Everything was so new and I was learning so much about being a mom and I was not sure how to fit in work. And I mean, and luckily at that time when I had my daughter, I had people on the team who could help. So it wasn't just, if it was just me by myself, it would have been even harder, but I still struggled with trying to figure out how to carve out time for both things. And with her, I kept her home longer. I, I tried taking care of her more than I did with my second. And I was just really trying to be actively involved as much as I could. And I was so stressed out and just couldn't really figure out how to balance it and having, you know, breakdowns thinking, I just, I can't, I can't do all of this. And I had that so many times, but then things get easier and you get better and you get, you start to learn how to get into your groove and you, you kind of understand your child and their schedules and it does get easier. And, you know, I finally got to the point, I think when my daughter was 13 months old or so, then she finally, she started going to care slowly over time, like more full time. And then things started to kind of, I started to have a little bit more of a schedule again. And with my son, I was much quicker to just figure out like what kind of schedule I needed 
to make that work out. Cause I think I just put so much pressure on myself with the first to like do everything and be everything. And I learned that that's just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> so I didn't do that the second time around. It's not easy. It's still really hard, you know, so it's just something you have to kind of work through. <laughs> Gold Diggers, you are busy. You're running your business, reaching for new opportunities and building your brand while also being a human. Maybe you're about to welcome a new baby like me or you're managing the schedule of your kids, tackling all those daily tasks on top of keeping your customers happy. The last thing you have time for is going back to school or pursuing your MBA. Capella University gets it. Capella University is a modern university offering an MBA through their brilliant FlexPath learning format, which allows for you to set deadlines and schedule courses around your life and not the other way around. You have almost total control over the process. You can even control your cost through how fast you move through the coursework. Get this, since it's a subscription-based tuition model, the faster you move, the more money you save. Capella allows you to pursue all of your goals and run your business and get your MBA. You really can live and learn. Try Capella University's FlexPath with a trial course at capella.edu slash Jenna. That's capella.edu slash Jenna. Gold diggers, at some point in your entrepreneurial journey, you're going to need a little more knowledge in your field to tackle a roadblock and help your business reach a new level. That's why I love Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 20,000 classes in business, marketing, entrepreneurship, and so much more. Out of the 20,000 courses, I have about 500 that I would love to take. I took one in typography for beginners, and I had so much fun tapping into my creative side while gaining new knowledge in fonts and type. I have about 15 other courses that I can't wait to dig into in the next month, from classes in social media marketing all the way to analytics you name it, they've got it. Whatever I'm looking to learn, Skillshare ensures that I'm learning and growing. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right. Skillshare is offering Gold Digger listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, head to Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger. Again, go to skillshare.com slash gold digger to start your two months now. That's skillshare.com slash gold digger. Oh, girl, I'm ready. I mean, I'm as ready as I'm going to be. Ready? I yeah. <laughs> so what does a day in the life look like for you? Because you're juggling a lot of things. And I always say like balance is a unicorn. There is no such thing as balance. But what does kind of a day look like for you? <laughs> it's not very glamorous. I feel like right now, if you were to like look at my social media, people are like, oh, she's like in LA and she's taking these meetings and she's doing these shoots. And this part's, I mean, this is fun. This is all like great stuff, but this is not the norm, you know? For me, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that my team, Glitter Guide, we're all remote. So none of us, I mean, one girl does work in my city now, but we don't share an office. So I don't see her all that often. So we're all remote. And so most of the time, my day is like very routine. It's I wake up at 6 a.m. I do the kid routine, we get the kids ready, get them to school. And then I come home to my office 
And then I pretty much work from nine to about three, three thirty, just sitting in my office on my computer that whole time. That is like my normal schedule and is not glamorous. That's what I'm saying. I'm usually just in my pajamas or workout gear and I'm just plugging away. And I, I'm someone who is pretty comfortable being by myself, like working by myself. I kind of thrive off of that. Like that's my, one of my favorite times of day. It's like when I get back, maybe I get a little more coffee or whatever. And I come in and sit in the office and I'm like, okay, let's do this. And I like can sit there. And a lot of times I'm like, oh, it's two o'clock. I haven't even thought about eating lunch because I just so engrossed in work. But then once 3.30 comes around, it's not the longest day. And I have to go get the kids. And then it's all about the family again until bedtime. And I used to work, you know, at night when the kids went to bed, but over the last year or so, I've stopped doing that. So I don't work at night. I don't work on the weekends. I mean, you know, give or take if there's something that comes up, but for the most part, I just, I only work during my working hours. That is like, I swear when you're talking, I'm like, I feel like she's me. (laughs) (laughs) Today I'm working from nine to three recording all day. I literally packed like a bag of almonds and some apples and I just can sit down and like hammer it out. And my favorite days, like the days where I just wake up so excited are days where I have no meetings, no phone calls, and I can just work like yes. <laughs> that fires me up so much more than having a busy schedule. So sister, you are in good company. <laughs> you know, like recently, I, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I should take advantage more of the fact that I work from home. I was like, I'm really tired. I should just like work from bed and then take a nap. But then I get I'm such a workaholic. The minute I start working, it's like, I'm just like, nope, I'm going to go go through this. I'm not going to get into my bed, but it is, it's a luxury. People often think like, Oh, you work from home and you work for yourself. Like that's so amazing. You have all this time. And I'm like, not really. If you're really working and you have a schedule, like it's, it's not glamorous. It's work. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I know. Drew, before he started working from home, he would get so frustrated with me and he'd be like, babe, why didn't you do the laundry today? And I'm like, because I was working from home. Like, I like it's just this whole perception and I think it takes the right kind of work ethic and the right kind of people to really find success in not getting distracted like totally the first day Drew worked from home he was like vacuuming at like 10 a.m and I was like you do not vacuum during working hours (laughs) yeah my husband's the same he's always like I can't I couldn't work from home. I'm like, it, you know, like you get used to it, but it does take a certain personality. Like I, I sometimes I won't have music on or any TV. It's just like I am in the zone. But I did start this year, like I've really created these little routines for myself. And when I come home taking the kids out, I give myself, so I usually get home at like 8.30 in the morning. I give myself about 20 to 30 minutes before I dive into work to like because, you know, the kids are crazy in the morning. we got to get out of the house at 7.30. So there are like dishes everywhere, clothes everywhere. And I just take 20 minutes while listening to podcasts, a lot of times yours. And <laughs> I will listen to a podcast in the car and I'll take it into the house. And I will spend that 20 minutes just like tidying things so that my brain can feel like things are in order. Because having all that stuff looming over my head after work when the kids come home feels like really stressful. So if I can get like a few things down around the house while I'm like listening to a podcast, then I feel like, okay, I've like feel a little more Zen. And then around like nine, I will log in. So because like I said, once I log in, I can't log out very easily. So 
That's what I do. Speaking of which, like, how do you prioritize your work tasks? Because for people that are multi-passionate and you're being pulled in multiple directions, like, is there any tips or hacks or things that you do to help you not feel like your brain has a million tabs open? (laughs) Yeah, that was actually one of my biggest struggles up into the last like year or two. I really struggled with that and felt so overwhelmed. And I would try to explain to some of the people who I love, like everything that was on my to-do list. And I couldn't even do it because I was just so overwhelmed by even talking about it. So one of the things that not everybody's going to be able to do, but even if you're not in the, even if you don't have the capacity to have like a big team or I don't know, there's ways I think now that you could possibly hire somebody, hire an assistant, hire an intern. For me, it really came when I got a business manager. She just has a completely different mindset than me. All the things that I'm really bad at, she's really good at. (laughs) And she came in and really helped create systems for my team, which I am terrible at and streamline things. And, you know, she got us started with Slack, which I know you've talked about a lot, which has been super helpful for a remote team like ours. We feel connected. We can just like pop in and ask questions and it's all in channels. So that really helped things. We live by Asana for our team. So Asana is kind of like a project management app and service. And so she's in charge of like looking at the whole landscape of all the different areas of the, of our job and just sort of like mapping out who's in charge of what, What are your most important tasks for this day? They're assigned to you. You have deadlines. People can see if you're not like up to where you're supposed to be. And if you're red, that means like you're slowing the whole team down. And so she helped really create so many of these systems that have like allowed me in the last year to really like feel a little bit of ease knowing that like somebody else is there helping me figure out like what are the most important things that need to get done. And then also she's going to do the stuff that I really suck at. (laughs) So (laughs) that has been a huge relief. And I know not everybody's going to be able to get a business manager, but like one, like if you could use a sauna for even yourself and you can carve out, look at everything that you have to do in all areas of your life. You can have a work one and a personal one and mark out each day. Like you talk about this, like what are my top three or top five tasks that need to get done this day? And for me, that's been super helpful because I've just allowed myself to say, you know what, if today I only get done my top three to five tasks and I get nothing else done and I'm not responding to emails or I didn't get to some other project that wasn't as pressing, that's okay. And that's been something that's taken me years to get comfortable with, you know, I still struggle with it, (laughs) but I'm using that as like my guideline. Like these are the most important things. And, you know, sometimes they might shift, but if I just stick with that and if that's all I get done, that's okay. I love that. I think it's so interesting too. I'm the same way. Like I need a type A person in my life because I'm so creative and so I'm not scatterbrained in the least. I'm very focused, but I have so many ideas. And just having somebody to like organize things like a calendar and, you know, that kind of stuff, it makes me feel more pulled together than I would be on my own. So thank God for all of you type A women out there that support people like us. (laughs) Yes, we're kind of like yin and yang. And it's really, it's been really great because she's just really focused me a lot better. I mean, I'm that type of person too. Like if I'm cleaning the house, I'm like cleaning one area and then I'm distracted by something upstairs. And so then I'm cleaning that. And I'm like, that's kind of how I can be with my work. And so it's been really great having it be a little bit more streamlined. And like I've created, and we can talk about this more, but I've created a lot more boundaries and routines for myself this year. And that's just been so helpful. 
Yes. So one thing I think you're an expert in, and and I think a lot of people struggle with this is when you're passionate about something or you're excited by something, and then you turn that passion into profits, how do you stay inspired and creative? Because I know in my own life, like I used to love having my camera with me all the time. And then as I started getting paid for photography, then it became work. And then it became something I didn't love as much. Like, do you have any advice when it comes to turning your passion into a profitable business? Well, okay. So (laughs) turning it into a profitable business or... Staying creative and passionate. That's, I mean, I totally have had that same struggle and I still to this day struggle with it. I don't think it's ever going to be something that really you know, goes away completely. I think I, one thing I've done to really help, like I said before, is you just got to like, first off, you have to treat, if, if your creative things that you love doing and your stuff you're passionate about turns into your career, it is going to be tricky and it's gonna, it's great. That's like everybody's goal. But then a lot of things start happening that you don't really think of. Like for example, with Glitter Guide, I mean, it's amazing and it's, you know, we've been around for a long time now. And the reason I started it was really to not be so much of the focus of the project. But that's been a real challenge for me. And you've talked about this on your podcast before about like, you know, right now everybody wants to like get to know you, be personal, show them who you are. And I massively struggle with that. And I do share a lot, but I'm so private. I don't share a ton. And so I feel like with Glitter Guide, it's been tricky to navigate and it's kind of become its own thing. It's definitely still a lot me, but I'm not a huge face and it's kind of turned into its own thing and you start to have KPIs and things you need to reach and all this stuff that like can feel like a lot of pressure and you start to feel like you can't just like throw in new ideas because this is a business now you need, you've got people to support and you don't want to mess it up. And so there's a lot of pressure. And so I think always having my own personal channels, like whether it's on social media or I'm launching a personal site, I'm like coming full circle and launching a personal site soon I think I just, I needed to have a look, some outlets where I could just have no pressure and still experiment with new things and new ideas, or just even if like nobody else cares about it, but it's just something I like, I needed a place where I could do that and, and explore those things and see if I can turn them into something because I can't really do that with my business as much anymore. You know, I can experiment a little, but I can't just throw everything I like in there and just, it, it just doesn't quite work the same way as it did in the beginning. So I feel like that's been something I've been doing. I keep, I have my own stuff that I do on the side that allows me that freedom. Like I even was thinking with my new site, I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to have Google analytics on the site. I don't even care. I just, you know, I probably will, but that's something I'm thinking about. (laughs) I think also when you are juggling a lot with the creative passions and then also trying to make it profitable and make it a career you can't allow the the business side of it to completely swallow every creative thing that you're thinking about. So I've really had to get good at like treating some of my creative ideas and, and the projects we have going on that aren't necessarily ones that are making us money. I've had to treat them like an important task. So like right now I'm in the process of creating some products with people, which is amazing, but you know, I, that takes time and until you don't know if it's going to be profitable. And so it can be hard to prioritize those things when you have all these other things that you need to do for the business. But if you don't, they're just going to get keep getting pushed aside. So I have to like schedule that time in for each project and be like, okay, I'm going to spend 
45 minutes or an hour just working on this creative brainstorm for this project and treating it like a really important task helps too. You seem like such a creative person. Have you ever gone through a creative drought? Like what was that season like and how did you kind of pull yourself out of that funk? I'm not sure if I've had like a full on drought where I'm like, it's a long period of time and I feel like I've got nothing. I just feel like I get little spurts of that all the time where I'm like, oh, like I'll have a moment where I feel really good. And then the next day I'll be like, oh, my brain just can't even go there. And I can't think of anything new. And it's, it's especially hard right now in this industry because it's just like, there's so much out there and just everything's being done and everything is just like in your face and there's just so much competition. And you're like, oh, I'm, I have a, you, you have a lot of self-doubt. You know, I think there's so much self-doubt when it comes to trying to create things. And I have to remember like, nothing is totally brand new anymore. It just has to be your own take, your own spin. You don't have to create something like completely brand new. Like almost nobody does. You need to have your own take and you need to just like, sometimes you just got to put the blinders on and just, you know, ignore all of the noise out there. I think sometimes when I'm really struggling to feel creative or I feel a lot of self-doubt or I feel blocked, it's important to just take a moment to unplug. You know, I think that's really key is just to take some time to unplug because if you're too plugged in, it's, it's just so overwhelming and you could feel really great about something. And then the next minute you could see something and just, it could take you on a downward spiral. So you got to kind of just plug away at what you're doing and, and just like ignore all the noise. Mm-hmm. So hard to do, but it's so important. I know. I'm like, put my head down, put my head down, create and then consume, create and then consume. And Drew will like call me on my bluff. Like where if I'm like on my phone, he's like, are you consuming right now? I'm like, stop. (laughs) Totally. It's it's really challenging. I'm sure everybody right now is feeling that, you know, and everybody's, it was competitive back when I launched, but now it's like completely different. It's, it's really, really tough right now. I give major kudos to anybody out there that's like trying to be in this type of space now where it's like people are making careers out of it. And you're trying, I mean, for me, there was, I didn't think of anything about making a career when I started Sterling Style. So I feel like for me, it's just kind of come organically. But you know, one thing that I really, really struggle with is I don't have, you know, being that I'm a communications major, like I wasn't a graphic designer. I'm not a writer. I'm not a photographer. I'm not like I don't have this one thing in my back pocket that like I'm like known for excelling at. So while that could be great and I could be like a jack of all trades in some ways, it also constantly puts self-doubt into my head. Like, who am I to think that I can create this or do this or work on this? Like, I have no real talent. I'm not like an interior designer. I'm not this. It can be sort of stifling sometimes when you think about it and you're like, ooh, like, who am I to do this? But then I'm like, you know what? I'm doing it. So I'm just going to keep going. (laughs) It's so funny too when you have that vision when you're first starting out and you're like, I'm going to be a photographer. And then I realize like I'm shooting 2% of the time and then I'm answering emails, editing, trying to build a website, create social media content. Like it's so funny when you have this passion and, and when you run a business, it's like, 2% of your time is actually doing the passion and right. 98% of the time is figuring out every other hat that you need to wear oh in God. order to make it profitable. So overwhelming. <laughs> it is. It's, I mean, let's just like raise our hands in the air for everyone that's making a go at it, right? Oh, like, It's a scary time because it's so hard, but it's also such an inspiring time because there are just so many amazing people out there like making it happen right now. So it's incredible. 
Love it. So I was recently hanging out with my niece and nephew, and they are some of the most creative little beings I've ever met in my life. And they can make an adventure out of just about anything. So I'm just curious, like, what have your children taught you about creativity? And like, how has it kind of changed anything for you if it has? Gosh, you know, like, it's so cliche, but like kids, it just they're like your biggest inspiration. They just become this massive inspiration for you and everything changes. And I think, you know, one thing that I notice with my kids a lot and I, I try to channel for myself, but it's really, really hard is that they have, you know, like that sense of wonder that they have, they have so many questions and they're so in awe of everything. And they don't have all those burdens that we have with to-do lists and pressure and they just are living life and loving it. And they're, they're so in the moment. And like, if you're someone like we're talking about who's juggling a million things and has a lot of things they need to get done every day, it's very hard to like cherish that moment that you're in. And so when I'm with them and they're like, let's say they're coloring something or they're playing imaginary things, it shows me like how much their brains can create with just living in that moment and not like worried about anything else. You know, with my kids, they always want me to just be doing everything with them constantly. Like mommy, play this with me, mommy, color this with me. And it can be really hard. But when I just allow myself to turn everything off and do that with them, it's such an inspiring and creative way to like look at life and do things. And it just reminds me to take more time to just be in the moment. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think that's awesome. I'm excited (laughs) for that piece. I'm just excited to like play with like toys again and like watch cartoons. (laughs) Like, is that wrong? (laughs) No, it's amazing. I mean, there are days when you're, you'll be like, okay, I really, I just have this important email I really want to get to. And I don't feel like (laughs) playing with blocks, but for the most part, if you can tune that out, it's once you get into it, it's just like, Oh, like if I have, I try to not be, I'm not still learning, but I'm trying to unplug on the weekends more from just everything and maybe like just not go on any social media on the weekends if I can. And it's kind of scary because I feel like when you do that, it's only two days. Sometimes I know I just never want to come back on. (laughs) But then once I get back on on Monday, I'm like fully back into it. But you know, it's kind of scary because unplugging can just feel so good. Oh, I'm with you. We try to do social media free weekends too. And it it just is like the perfect refresher of like what is happening in your life is more important than anything happening on your feed right now, you know? Yeah. So what is your top tip for managing a busy schedule? I want to know. Oh my goodness, my top tip. I think it's I think it's gotta be something about Being in a routine, like create routines for yourself, you know, and then be really, really strict on those routines. What I mean is just that there's no way to balance it all. You're always going to have things you want to do on the personal side and things you need to do on your business side. It's always going to be that way. And especially if you're somebody who's really driven, you're going to keep adding stuff to your plate because you love it and you want to. But I think for me this year in particular, I've really created routines for myself. I've created these boundaries with here's my schedule for my personal life. Here's my schedule for work. And I stick to it. And like sometimes like events will come in or things that I think are going to be great, but I just have to say no because I'm only work, you know, I actually didn't work Fridays up until recently because I had both of my kids every Friday, which was great. It's changing now because of their school schedules and stuff, but I was only working Monday through Thursday and I had these specific hours. So to just 
the tip is really, I think, if you can create these schedules and routines for yourself and really compartmentalize them in a way that allows you to like focus on each one more and to stick with it, that will really, I think it will really help when you're that busy because otherwise it just becomes all washed together and really overwhelming. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Where can everyone connect with you? Check out Glitter Guide, get to know you personally, give us all of the places that we can get more. Oh my goodness. Let's see. Okay. Well, with Glitter Guide, we're glitterguide.com where you can, you can read all of our editorial. We're also at Glitter Guide pretty much everywhere else you want to find us. And same with me for I'm Taylor Sterling on most of my social media and my new site will launch soon, which will be taylor-sterling.com. So look out for that soon. Again, managing time. It's, it's, it's hard to get it going. I've been trying to launch it for like two years. <laughs> story of our lives. Yes. <laughs> I'll get there. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Amazing. Well, first, just thank you for showing up today. I have loved following everything you do. I love Glitter Guide. It just, I find myself saving Instagram posts of like inspiration and little bits of pretty that I'm like, oh, this just makes me feel good. So thank you for all the content you put out there. But more importantly, thank you for just sharing your heart with our listeners today. Of course. It was my pleasure. And thank you for everything you're doing, Jenna. I love listening to your podcast each and every week. Like I said before, if I had you like 10 years ago, I would have just felt like a rock star. So thank well, you for everything. you figured it out, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> we somehow always do. Still trying to figure it out, but yes. <laughs> Still trying. Well, just wait. When this baby comes, I'm going to call you and be like, so can you Go remind ahead. me of like how to do all the things? <laughs> I will be here for you. Hit me up. I love what Taylor creates, but even more than that, I just love how she's so honest. And after we hung up, we talked a little bit about this idea of balance and that it doesn't really exist. There are going to be seasons in your life where you are killing it as an entrepreneur and maybe your personal life is struggling. And then there will be seasons where you feel so alive and present but your business is taking the back seat. And I think that as we look at whatever journey it is we're on, this desire for balance is natural, but the ability to find it, not so natural. And we just want you to know that you're not alone in that. And I think that what is so cool is that you can be an amazing mom and run an amazing business. And you don't have to be the face of what it is that you're creating. I've learned anything throughout all of these interviews is that everyone's path looks different. And that's kind of what makes this whole journey beautiful. If you love today's show, I would love to hear from you and to just encourage Taylor to say thank you for showing up for us today. If you head over to Gold Digger Podcast on Instagram and say, hey, we'll be waving back at you. Like, actually, there's humans behind this screen that are excited to connect with you, our listeners. Until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you so much for tuning in today. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.